welcome to the Scottish podcast by Scottish people about Scottish things. We're three lifelong friends and displaced Scotsmen who get together to talk about our homeland, the weird stuff that happens there, and to remind us why we are the way we are. Welcome to This'll Do Nicely. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Hello, everybody. My name is Rory, and welcome to Tinsel Do Nicely, the yeah, boy. Christmas yeah, episode of This Will Do Nicely. I am Rory, and I'm joined by my two helper elves, Christopher and Jonathan. Literally, the only ever time the time that I only ever refer to you two in your full names is when I'm introducing you. I like they're, they're Chris very and Johnny for this very serious yeah. occasion. So, my full name, Lorelai. <laughs> oh, Rory. No. Isn't Luke? You don't. The Gilmore girls, you don't. Lorelai is the mum and Rory is the daughter, okay? I don't think that's true. I haven't it's watched true. an episode, but I don't believe you. I've watched far too much of that show. <laughs> uh, I, trust me, I know. Uh, that was definitely one of the things that. I'll never watch that show because it pissed me off so much when I first came over here. So many people, when I would introduce myself, it's like, oh, like the Gilmore Girls. It's like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was named it first, okay? <laughs> I also grew Whoa. up with a, a local dog being called Rory as well, which is a, a thing that also shaped a lot of my personality. <laughs> Did you ever go running when yeah, it was actually, cold in the street? Yeah. Rory! If, if yes? people haven't... <laughs> if people haven't followed us on Twitter, then we did a, on a very scientific official Twitter poll on who Scotland's national anthem, national anthem, national animal should be. We national gave them four. The wee scabby dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we gave him four options: the unicorn, the yeah. wet scabby dog, mm-hmm. uh, the manatee, mm-hmm. and the haggis. And the the winner was. Uh, with 40% of the vote, wow. uh, the wet scabby Doug. Wow. Makes, makes a lot of so sense. So there you go. I mean, it makes a lot that of sense. That is Scotland's new national animal as of now. Is that it? Did is that you that to law? Nicola Sturgeon. Yeah. Did you at Nicola Sturgeon? I should. I just, should. You should I'll do that uh, now. Forward it to her right now and just be like, hey, we've we just figured check. this out. Want to <laughs> just checking sure you've seen this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. knowing her, she'll probably retweet it with a selfie um can't believe i finally managed to rename the scottish animal <laughs> with the help of <laughs> aoc yeah. yeah i should i should send her a message and say aoc back this nicola are you in do it why not in? aoc yeah. and jared butler there's no doubt um well merry christmas boys it's the holiday season how are you feeling festive uh, festive yeah, it was good. It's good. I mean, famously, over the past few episodes, we've established that I hate this time of year, and I hate Christmas, and I hate Christmas songs, and I hate Christmas movies. But so other than that, other than I'm that, we're going to have really a great time. Holly jolly. <laughs> I thought we were going to have a nice, uh, cheery episode, but maybe this should be a psychological deep dive into <laughs> your blackened heart. Do you want me to tell you? Okay, this is this is a silly story, but um, I um. Uh, uh, an overly rational person at times, even as a child. Um, and I questioned every, you know, fake 
creation. Uh, you know, the likes of like the Easter Bunny, Santa Claus, uh, the Tooth Fairy. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if there's any small children listening to this, stop now. Cover their ears. All that type of stuff. I'm about to ruin some things. Ruin childhoods. Actually, I'm not. I'm going to drop some truth on them. So you should let them listen. Oh, no. Stop lying to your children. <laughs> Um, no, Open so what the I did that was we can't close again. I oh, Rory hates children as well. So I, I didn't believe the tooth fairy was a real thing. So when my tooth fell out, I didn't tell anybody. I put my tooth under the pillow and nothing happened. And so then the next day I told my mom, I was like, well, I just put, I put my fallen tooth out under the pillow and nothing happened. And so that day, that night, I got a letter from the Tooth Fairy in my mom's handwriting saying, I'm so sorry. Here, I, I was too busy to go and get your tooth last than the previous night. So I was like, all right, Tooth Fairies lie. Christmas came around. And I was like, this doesn't feel right to me as well. Like, just it, how can he get around? How can he give all these presents? So I put pieces of string over our fireplace at oh, night man. on Christmas Eve as my kind of like well if the string's broken then i'm in this guy exists and then the next morning on christmas day before i opened my presents the first thing i did was check my string and it wasn't broken i was like oh well santa claus doesn't exist either <laughs> cut to easter and it's the easter bunny and i'm like this okay, all in the same year this is pretty much the same year the tooth fairy was uh, a definitional year in your life fall. yeah yeah and then the the easter bunny came around and i was like all right I don't really know what to do about this. I can't set up any trap. I can't really figure it out. And I think by I'm that hunting point, wabbits. <laughs> my my family had kind of cottoned on. My mom had cottoned on to the to what I was doing, and so she left. Instead of leaving me eggs, she left a map of where the eggs are hidden, and it had a paw print. So I'm assuming she must have got like a dog or something, one of the dogs in the house, and put a paw print on it. And it was like messy enough writing that I was like. Wow. So, I mean, this makes sense. <laughs> of all the things that checked out, I was like, yeah, the, the bunnies left the chocolate and it was a, a map of where they'd been hidden around the house. And I went looking around the house for them and found them all. And because it was mm. like smudged with paw prints, I was like, Easter bunnies left this map for me. Like, so out of all the three of them, I came out of it saying like, yeah, Easter bunny's real, but the other two, no, that's obviously bullshit. Funnily enough, last yeah. weekend I was talking to a parent here about um, the tooth fairy, and I was like, "What? You know, they were talking about their child having a tooth fall out." And I was like, "What's the go- what's the going rate these days for what they expect under their pillow?" And they said twenty dollars. What? <laughs> I was like, yeah, some, "That seems crazy." Some, someone, outrageous. someone in my office said that today. It also came up independently. Uh, and I referenced the Modern Family episode. I don't know if you've seen it when they accidentally leave a 50 underneath uh, <laughs> Willie's pillow and all the other parents in school get really pissed at them because they've set the going rate right. for the tooth coming out. Yeah. And then they go through like an elaborate scheme to try and get it back. Um, hilarity ensues, obviously, and yeah. lessons are learned. I mean, to be fair, <clears throat> so the going rate for us... <clears throat> excuse me. Oh. <clears throat> <clears throat> to be fair, the glowing emotional us, thinking back to that year. Yeah. <laughs> was like 50 pence. And so let's call that a dollar. And I just did a quick inflation calculation. And a dollar in 1995, when we were about 10, is $27 a day oh, based on inflation. So I so the kids, of, kids of today are getting screwed, is what you're saying. Yeah. If anything, they should be getting closer to $30. Thanks, Biden. Yeah. <laughs> 
Typical. Do you guys remember there was a girl in our year at school? Uh, Johnny, you might not have been there by this point. Um, this may have been primary school, but I, it is strong. It could have been secondary school. Uh, a girl that we were all friendly with called who believed yeah. in Santa very late. And I think to the extent that the class had, the teacher had a word with the class of oh, no. like, don't say anything. Um, and I, cause she was, familiar. she was in my primary, uh, five to seven class. So it may have been around that time. Must um, have been primary. I so we're about a, from... 11 or something like 10 or 11 then. Yeah. Uh, I hope she's not listening to this show right now. <laughs> an awful long time since she's spoken to us. If you're listening, uh, send us a message and let us know how you're getting on. And you did you use her last name. Santa. Maybe, maybe we'll forward to, yeah, yeah, yeah put out the name. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. Maybe we can redact that. Yeah. Um, she, she'll know who she is if she's listening. Um, but yeah, she like she was definitely the last person in the year. And it was kind of like the last Japanese soldier fighting the war. You know, like, <laughs> Doesn't that you fought doesn't know it's over and you, you find him oh, in a no. forest and it's, uh, it's brutal absolutely brutal wow. oh poor but you don't want to ruin the magic so you just did everybody play along well, no uh yeah i think so and I, I mean i remember when i found out and then my mom said my mom cried because she always does that like she always cries about stuff mm. like that and then um and then she was like well you gotta keep it going for your sister and I was like, okay, fine. And my sister's two and a half years younger than me. And she I'm pretty sure she found out the next year because she yeah. was just much sav- savvier than I was and she's much more street smart than me. And I was like, <laughs> oh. But yeah, I think I said this last year to you guys. She continued She continued until we were about 21 and at home or whatever and like getting us up at sort of five in the morning being like, Santa's been. Has he like, been? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I love it. So, yeah. yeah. And then you just got then the nieces and nephews and your your kids are coming along as well. So, it's just going to mm-hmm. re restart. It is I, oh, I yeah. get it. It's fun. Um I mean, I obviously hate it, but it's fun. <laughs> I love your misery about this time of year. It's very funny. You, can't you just like embrace the lie and just enjoy the lying part of it because of your cold black and heart that you can, you know, lie to children? Um, I no, I like I like the look in their faces when I reveal the truth to them. <laughs> it it fuels so me for dark. the rest of the year. That's what it is. Uh, so you are disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> the best is when you just go up and whisper it in their ear when nobody else is watching. Ah, uh, you're a horrible man. Parents don't understand why. You're a horrible. Jonathan, t- tell us about how you're a nice uncle to your uh, <laughs> nephews and nieces, and please balance out this horrible man. No, I just told them the truth as soon as they were old enough to speak. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we need to have a talk. Don't you, Johnny? Doesn't your sister live in Sweden? She does. Yeah. Or did she? She does. Yeah. It, do they have any unusual? Um, like traditions there uh, sort of i'm thinking along the lines of krampus like germany has krampus and stuff it's quite there. similar in a way they just do a different like they do sort of christmas day on the 24th really like all the celebrations happen the day before so it's quite fun mm. for so my niece and nephew like if they come to visit scotland for instance they basically get like a doubler christmas because they still try and do something on the 20 like a big thing on the 24th and then we do it on the 25th so they get like 
twice the fun, which is getting good. Is is do the Swedes doing it on the twenty fourth because they're very efficient and they just want to get ahead of the recycling? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't don't doesn't Sweden have the infamously um, racist black peat as one of their Christmas traditions? Uh, that's that's several countries in Europe, like including the Netherlands and Germany. Right. But I don't okay. know if Sweden has it. Okay, I won't malign Sweden. Schwarzer Peter. Yes, Schwarzer Peter. Yeah, I don't think we should dig into... I mean, this is not a middle European podcast. But I would recommend our readers to Google that and read up about Black Pete because it is fascinating. Horrifying and fascinating at the same time. Or just go and look at old pictures of the Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. <laughs> yeah, same effect basically. Um, speaking of horrifying and fascinating, today's episode we are going to break down this year's Christmas Netflix movie extravaganza, uh, A Castle for Christmas. Is that what it's called? I keep forgetting that the is name what it's for called it. yes yeah um so i'm super excited about that but before we get into this so this episode is going to come out it's obviously a little bit early for christmas we wanted to get this out ahead of christmas so you could all sit there cozy and warm with your your uh your hot chocolate in one hand and your whiskey in the other hand and listen to your favorite amateur podcast so this is coming out on the 21st you mean amateur it's a pretty professional outfit these days, two, two seasons in. <laughs> two seasons in, exactly. But you still technically have time at the date of this release to send in your entry for the competition that we're running towards the, this festive season to win a Thistle Do Nicely t-shirt. Um, so basically, as always, as we've said in other episodes, send in an audio clip um, or send in a video as some people have done. Uh, which was yeah. amazing. That's um, strong entry, I would say. Yes. That's going above and beyond. That's probably in the top three right now. Not want to yeah. get you excited, Jackie, but you, know, <laughs> you impressed us. Or you can phone us and leave a voicemail. Just let it ring and it'll get to voicemail. Uh, 4844-TDN-POD, which is 484-483-6763. 484-483-6763. Look at that. And yeah, leave us a message. Tell us about you know what you thought, think about the podcast, about us, about Scotland, why you should visit Scotland, why Scotland's the greatest country in the world, anything along those lines. Keep it under a minute. Don't be weird or be weird, but don't be you know like racist or be weird or be weird in a good way. You know, yeah, be weird in a good way. Exactly. Thanks, Chris. You know, like uh, Annie Lennox and David Bowie and those fun weird people. Um, <laughs> Right, but sure. by the way, I didn't. I like uh, listening to the second part of Annie Lennox. I'm uh, hearing the interview with uh, the Easter, the, your Easter egg at the yeah. end. The interview with uh, Lennox Letterman. and um, Letterman. It's a really uncomfortable interview. Like yes. I know that you think she was joking, but she didn't give Letterman any wiggle room there. You can tell that Letterman's very uncomfortable. It's an excellent like one minute snapshot of that time and her experience i think at that time 
uh, I really, yeah, I really, that was a fascinating interview. Um, but yeah, send us in your, your clips. We will play the best ones on the show. We are going to announce the winners, uh, in our new year's episode, which is coming out next week. And, uh, yeah, you can, the top three will be winning a t-shirt. So get in, get involved. Um, okay. Gentlemen, um, (laughs) a castle for Christmas thoughts right off the bat i spent the first 30 minutes thinking there's literally nothing redeemable about this movie it is terrible (laughs) maybe longer actually than 30 minutes and i suspect christopher say the exact opposite (laughs) your rebuttal (laughs) i loved it i loved it i I had to say fit me like a nice warm Willy Christmas jumper. <laughs> I could see that. I could really see that. I I love bad movies. I love cheesy movies. You know, one of my favorite podcasts is um, How Did This Get Made, where they just break down terrible movies. I could spend the next four hours talking about this movie scene by scene. <laughs> That's going to be a bit much, but my God, it's terrible, but fascinating. Um. So I would say if you haven't watched the movie, do it. Like it's entertaining enough. It's a good Christmas movie in the sense of like it's cheesy and stupid. Sit around with your family. They must know, things. right? You must know as an actor that what you're making is right bad. Surely, those two are are seasoned professionals as well. Right. So it's it's this very very briefly. The concept is um, uh, Brooke Shields is a famous writer from i think it's new york and then she travels to scotland where her grandparents are from to visit the castle that her grandparents grew up in or or there were groundskeepers in and then she's also escaping because there's like criticism of her in the opening part right yeah escaping all her stuff because there's people picketing the death of a fictional character (laughs) yeah like you know i got halfway through and i couldn't really remember quite why they were like protesting in the first place, but it, it, yeah, you kills off. She's a she's a romance she's a romance novelist, and she kills off one of the top characters. It would be like J.K. Rowling killing off Ron Weasley. People would lose their mind. That's the equivalent. I, it it the, like if you hadn't quite paid attention at the beginning, you would have assumed that she'd committed a war crime or something. Like that. I was paying <laughs> very close attention from the start. <laughs> so. Yeah, and we can go uh, like basically she goes to scotland she finds this castle that her her family were working in and then she meets and falls in love with uh carrie how do we pronounce his last name elways uh, elways 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 carrie um, carrie elways yeah who's who is phenomenal i mean he's princess bride he's uh robin hood men in tights he is also in saw which isn't very good but uh and that's basically it um and it's all set around christmas obviously uh but right from the beginning, there's that interview with Drew Barrymore, which really threw me. I wasn't expecting that. I I had kind of forgotten that Drew Barrymore was a thing. <laughs> well, I also I I put it on and I was like, I thought I was watching the wrong thing at first. I texted you, but both going, is this, am I, is this what I was supposed to be watching? Because I was like, what is, what, how is this going to get from here to Scotland? My My assumption of this is that Drew Barrymore is friends with Brooke Shields in real life. Yeah. And Brooke Shields as far as I can tell, has not done a film for a long time. Although apparently it's done a lot of voice work. Um, 
And she's probably been like, Drew, help me, help me out here. <laughs> we need a scene. I, and Drew Barrymore does I, have quite a good uh, big talk show at the moment. She's kind of rebranded herself as a bit of an Ellen type daytime talk show character. So it kind of made she's sense. Just but, herself. Yeah. But it, it's, we'll come back to Drew at the end uh, of this because if you guys <laughs> oh, stuck around to watch God. the credits, yeah. Then, yeah. There was a lot of choice, a lot of choices made in this film. A lot of choices. Well, it's just funny that you say that like Drew, uh, Brooke Shields hadn't worked in a while because I did the same thing. I was watching this and I was like, I know Brooke Shields. Like, I know, I recognize her. I know her name, but I couldn't remember why she was famous. I was like, well, she's not really an actress. Uh, was she a singer? Was she a model? And I end up having to Google her again to find out why she was such a big deal. And then I, it's one of those things I was like, oh, I kind of immediately regret googling this because i just feel really sad now because she was I like this, con- like controversy when she was young or something about yeah she, like the first movie she was an actor and, and is an actor but like the first character she played was like this teenage sex worker from new orleans and then when she was 15 she was in this massive calvin klein ad and the tagline was um what comes between me and my Calvins? Nothing. Right. And it was like this uber sexual ad campaign with a 15 year old Brooke Shields, and she didn't really know what was going on. And then she obviously is in a bunch of other films as well and, and has a successful career, but I was just like, oh, the 80s was a bad decade. Slow, <laughs> <laughs> weird stuff happened then. Um, yeah, she feels like one of those people that's just famous because she's famous these yeah. days um and i think she didn't wasn't she married to andre agassi for a couple of years yeah, and stuff like that right. like oh, she, really? yeah. yeah yeah she's she's got like a long history of uh of of lovers i think she she and i believe actually she basically became famous from birth because she did an advert as a baby i want to say it's the gerber baby i don't think it's quite that it's something like that yeah and then that just put her on is it also Calvin Showbiz. Klein's? Calvin <laughs> Klein's, yeah. Don't know. I don't want to make a joke about that. No, please don't. <laughs> no. Um, I will say the beginning of the film is efficient. It is within five minutes. <laughs> yeah. You know who she is. You know her situation in life. You know that she's just gone through a divorce. She's got a daughter. She's a successful writer. People don't like her right now. And then boom, she's in Scotland. She's going to her ancestral castle just to get away and rewrite. And it's like... I'll give it to them. They just do it all, and it's five minutes. She's literally falling into the arms of the love interest. That that's how yeah, they first meet. Yeah. She trips up. I gotta say, I'm impressed that this film even bothered going to Scotland because you could <laughs> totally have filmed this anywhere. Like they clearly they did. They filmed the thing. They they they're clearly at Edinburgh Airport when mm-hmm. they're filming it. Yeah. Um. And and they are clearly. I believe the house is in North Queensferry or something like that, which is yeah. outside Edinburgh. Yeah. Um, and like you could have filmed it anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just said it was Scotland. I did laugh because, like, as soon as they get to Scotland, it's so like hammy because, like, the the taxi driver picks her up and like the little board with the names got tartan around it, and then the taxi's like wrapped in tartan and like the dog's called hamish it's just like let's just turn this up to 11 from the second they land in scotland did did you guys not think like that taxi must be so bloody expensive (laughs) yeah those meter taxis going from edinburgh to the scottish countryside yeah yeah that must have cost hundreds (laughs) hundreds of pounds 
Well, look, she can buy a castle, so she she can she's got the money to spend. She's a famous yeah. writer. Um, yeah. It did annoy me a bit because the, the 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 lead guy I forget what his name is is English, right? He's not a Scottish person. Yeah, jo- there is maybe two Scottish people yeah. in the entire film, and for someone that puts on a pretty heavy and hammy Scottish accent throughout, you'd have thought they might just find a Scottish person to play him because his accent is terrible. <laughs> Just should have been Craig Ferguson, guys. Yeah, Craig Ferguson been. would have been pretty good. I would have taken that. You do need like big leading man. I don't think because you you need that. You know, to act against Brooke Shields, you need to be. <laughs> I mean, let's face it, Jared Butler should have been in it. It should have been Jared Butler. Oh, he'd have been great. Yeah. Yeah, and then obviously, if he was in it, she could have gone to New York, and he could have stayed behind just to look right. after the castle. Exactly, just yeah. look after the castle. And also, yeah, look, yeah. I, I'm not a medieval architect, but that's not a castle. That's a big house. Yeah, it's like a, st- yeah. a stately home, like a country man's yeah. stately home. Yeah. It's not a castle. Yeah. I, I believe it's isn't it? Isn't that technically what a palace is? Yeah, probably. probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just it's missed. Dun- oh, so I had a funny name. It's called like Dun Dunbar, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, and and Dunbar's a real place um, <laughs> so a in odd. Scotland, and it's just a bit. I can't remember. Dunbar's like um, a bit of an industrial town outside of Glasgow, isn't it? Uh, I forget exactly. I thought it was closer to the borders, but it I might have be. proven again, again and again that I am not good at geography. <laughs> so why not just call it something else? Like make up a name. Like yeah, done. Luck even. Some I don't know anything. Um, One so thing yeah, I did think goes... was quite funny was they. There's a bit in it where he's teaching her like Scottish phrases and uses the phrase "ya yeah. dober," which I thought was kind of hilarious that they said that and I've not really heard that in a film for a long yeah, period and of time. I, that's the best thing about the whole film when they have that exchange and she asks him what a dober is and what a walloper is. Yeah. A walloper. <laughs> a walloper. And then there's another thing. And then she says, what's an Egypt? And the, yeah. and again, I was thinking, Scottish people don't say Egypt. They say, that's an Irish phrase. Yeah. So they keep they keep using Egypt. And I'm like, I mean, I know it's a Netflix film. Uh, yeah. and it's And it's a crappy Christmas Hallmark style film. But there were so many moments when I was like, if you just Googled this and done research, you know. <laughs> Egypt, is Egypt Irish? I've, I, I've only ever heard Irish people say it. I'm I've heard sure Scottish, heard Scottish people, people say it. But I would, I would class it probably more as Irish than Scottish. Huh. But that's what I liked about Walloper and Dauber is that they're proper, like, modern Scottish words. Yeah. And I, I really enjoyed having those uh, you know, said fairly regularly in the film as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, it was what? weird. That that's probably one of those things they'd written the entire film and they just put like insert Scottish word here. Um, <laughs> just and then to when they just got to there. just to correct the record, Dunbar is in East Lothian. Um, it's to the east of Edinburgh and it's pretty near North Berwick, the site of uh, oh. the where all the witches were. There you go. Killed. Basically. There you go. Thanks, I believe there's a very famous golf course there as well. Maybe not such an expensive taxi ride after all. Maybe not, Jonathan. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> it was de- it was set in the Highlands, though, right? Like that. That's. I mean, it was impossible to know because the yeah. accents were everywhere. Yeah, like everybody had a different accent, so it was like I don't know where this place is. 
<laughs> and bold, I, look, this might be controversial, but bold move having the first person you meet in this tiny Scottish village. I know what you're going to say. In the Highlands being a black woman running a, a hotel. And I was like, look, excellent, brilliant, but it doesn't exist. I'm sorry. Like, Scotland is not that progressive. <laughs> I wish we were. It would be amazing. But, uh, uh, like, a black woman called Maisie, it's just it was amazing to see it happen. I, I know for a fact that, well, Scotland obviously has black people and we've got a very big Asian <laughs> population, but I know for a fact if that was the real Highland town and she was there, her nickname would be Black Mezzy. And I'm yes, not. Yes, exactly. That, that's I'm, just that's, how it would be. I'm not saying that as racism or anything. I'm saying <laughs> that's what she would be known as yeah. by the bumpkins in the Highlands. I wish, I wish we were a better country than that, but we're not. Um, but speaking of speaking of that, and I know we're probably jumping all over the place for this film uh, because it's so good, I don't want to pin it down. But <laughs> do you remember there was a bit towards the end when Maisie, uh, in, like brings some guests into the B and B, and they're they're like a really oh, shifty guess, couple. I found out. Really, okay, yes, yes they're really sorry, shifty, and I was like, well, clearly there's going to be a plot point where they come and try and buy the castle or they do mm-hmm. something destructive. Yes. And I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop for that. You know who I thought and it was? They just they just never came back. I thought it yeah. was the husband. I thought it was the ex husband and his new wife. That's and what I it thought. It was going to be some sort of plot thing where he's turned up for some reason and he's going to like claim the castle for his own. Yeah, they literally never know, came back, right? Do you they know what it is? No. I, I looked yes, this please. up. It made me so yes. angry. I looked this up. So they are two characters, the same actors and two characters from the other Netflix Christmas movies, The Princess <laughs> oh, Switch. No. And so oh. there, there are two characters that got married in The Princess Switch movies, and they're like honeymooning or holidaying in funny. this Highland town. It. It is oh, weird because so, it's very like they so come angry. in a bit like the music changes and it's sort of sinister yes. and then you're, you're expecting so you, some so, thing to happen. It's a universe. You're telling me that Netflix Christmas has a has a universe. Yes, oh, yes, no. it does. Oh, which no. would imply, which would imply that in this film, Kurt Russell is Santa Claus. Yes, for that I universe. think you're right. And yes, Goldie Hawn is Mrs. Claus Mrs. for that <laughs> universe. Which would imply that next year. <laughs> There is going to be a f- sequel with Kurt Russell, Goldie Hawn, Brooke Shields, Carrie Always, and that couple that turned up. And it's going and to be like an Avengers-style Christmas movie setting. Oh, I'm so into this. Oh, this man. sounds amazing. Ten years in the making, and then finally they, <laughs> they all come they've together. Been, they've been doing it in plain sight, hiding <laughs> in plain sight, and we just... thats oh, I've seen... Johnny and I have seen a shocking number of those Princess Switch movies. It's it was one of those things where we would go to a friend's house for like Christmas drinks and it would just end up being on and just infuriating everybody in the house. <laughs> why are we watching Vanessa Hudgens? Like, so mad at those films. Like, why are we watching this again? <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever seen those films. Uh, don't. Am I missing anything? No, absolutely not. Not I not think you might quite like them. Yeah, well, yeah. If you like this, you might like them. <laughs> you've got to. I mean, you've got to. You you've got to be a completionist now. Like now, you're in the universe. You've got to learn more. Yeah, the yeah, MCU, that's true. the Netflix I, there was, universe. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm so into this. Absolutely, especially if Goldie gets involved. Um, 
I did enjoy, uh, like I was, I was very much like you guys. Um, the first 20, 30 minutes, I was like, Jesus Christ, this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Um, and then I, I was watching it with Elizabeth, who had told me moments before that she actually had quite a big crush on Carrie Elwes when she was younger. Sure. Because she, she loved Princess The Princess Bride. Bride. Yeah. Uh, in particular, she also uh, loved Men in Tights, um, which if you've never seen either of those films, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Go and see both of those films. They're yeah. both brilliant. I prefer Men in Tights. She prefers Princess Bride. But I, I caught the, the peripheral vision and she was just shaking her head in disgust at- <laughs> I forget what the scene was, but she was, she was just so pissed off. And then it it improved a bit because we were like, okay, well, Brooke Shields is awful in this, but at least everyone else is kind of trying. And the dog is probably the best actor in the whole yes, film as well. 100%. The dog is great. Amen. Uh, wet scabby Doug. So was it a kind of like yeah. the mighty have fallen or oh, how the mighty have fallen kind of shake of the head? <laughs> I think. I, or I don't was know. she I think, was she looking at? Carrie and then looking at you and just shaking her head thinking what could have been why am I settled with this man when I should have been with this one this it's hard to say Rory that she's very she was very heavily pregnant at the time and (laughs) obviously a flood of emotions she's wondering why am I carrying this idiot's spawn uh, (laughs) again uh, when I could have you know been a groupie for Carrie always and followed him around she's probably thinking Carrie's clearly had some work done as well like his fit his face was looking particularly pulled back. Well, so, also, you know, never like, see your heroes act like that. Elizabeth is a, a talented, good-looking American woman who has ended up with this cantankerous, annoying, <laughs> grumpy Scotsman. So in many ways, she has the same life as this movie, but without the castle. And that's where yeah. she's just like, and- Why? Why and I go about I go about trying to make her life miserable on a daily basis <laughs> yes, as well. Yes, turn the heating that, down. And... What did you What did you all think of? So, to so for those who haven't seen it, basically, uh, what's her name? Um, uh, what the, what the hell Brooke Shields. Brooke, Brooke Shields goes over there. She she wants to buy the castle from um, Elways. And his plan, basically the castle is running out of money and he needs to get money. And so his plan is, well, give me a deposit for, uh, and you can stay here in the castle for three months. I have to stay here as well. And then his plan is that um, he's going to be so obnoxious and difficult to live with that he's going to drive her away, but he's going to keep the deposit. And that's how he's going to make some money. And... He was so elaborate. It was such an elaborate plan. So involved. It, it was a really elaborate plan, but then also I enjoyed the fact that they, he kind of dropped that whole thing after about two days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, it, <laughs> and it was just because they went on a car ride, basically, and then went to the pub. Well, I couldn't, I couldn't understand the timeline of the entire movie because... It, it seemed their relationship was insane. It was every other scene that they saw each other, depending. So it was like one scene they hate each other, the next scene they love each other, the next scene they hate each other. And it was just on and off. And to the extent where they, spoiler alert, end up boning. And then literally <laughs> the next right, scene. We've talked about like, this before. Sorry. Turn down your language. Sorry. They make <laughs> whoopee. There you go. 
they make Whoopi. Coitus. And then Coitus. Crid. Coitus. And Hamish, Hamish the dog is the one that like forces them together by stealing a shoe. Um, and they, they, they make Whoopi. And then the next day, it basically she says something along the lines of like, Oh, that was really nice. Maybe you can stay here when I own the castle. And he just flips his lid and that's it. They're off again. And it's just... It reminded me in a weird way of, of like a musical. Because you know like musicals are often, particularly if they're based on like a real person song, they're just sort of a vehicle to get to that next song. And you just have these like uh, crammed in bits of dialogue yes. to like just move it along. It sort of felt like that. Where it, it sort of felt like it was over the course of about three days, really. But... The kind of implications is it's longer, but you're just sort of jumping from one thing to the next, and it's a, it kind of yo-yos around. It's a crazy film. It was exhausting at times. I also love the fact that Brooke Shields' character doesn't really ever have a fish-out-of-water moment. She just kind of comes into the Scottish village. She's like this big-time New York writer, and she comes into this tiny little Scottish village, and they're knitting in the pub, and it's a tiny little uh, place that doesn't seem to have anything in it. And then she's like, just takes over the town, basically. <laughs> like, yeah. There's no bit where she's kind of adapts to, you know, uh, think the simpler life. Or she has one brief moment with the taxi driver when she can't understand what he what he's saying, and then like she just immediately becomes best friends with everyone, <laughs> yeah. including. Um... Uh, the mute gay Gus. <laughs> I I don't I don't know what to do with that character. So there's a knitting circle that she embeds herself in, and there's an old lady. There's Maisie. There's a, a girl who's a baker, and then there's this guy whose husband has died, and since his husband has died, he is not spoken. And I think this is part of the thing because, in a way, kudos for like representation and a mixture of characters yeah. and all the all the good things. But it's so, I think partly because you never like have time to get into his story. That there's, I mean, again, like spoiler alert, he sort of by the end joins in a big song, and it's like this sort of like full circle. He's back, found his voice thing. But because you've just like flown through that in what feels like. 20 seconds you don't you've got no investment in the backstories in a way because they're just sort of passing comments and you're and it's just not very well yeah. i don't know the whole thing's a bit random well he's honest. he's played for comic relief because he's he's big and he's hairy and he's tattooed but he's wearing like silly christmas jumpers and he's knitting and he doesn't speak so everything he does is overly emotive but he obviously has this tragic backstory where his husband mm. has only recently died and he's so heartbroken by it that he literally can't speak. And the only reason they do it is so that he has that moment at the end where he says to her something like, you know, your love's always worth it or something like that. Whatever the bullshit line is that they make him say. But it's just, <laughs> it's, oh, it's just another bizarre choice in yeah the, the whole thing's like crowbarred together i think that's yeah. the thing you're just like shoving these things together to try and make a movie out of it i mean we still watch it, so. it it wouldn't surprise me if uh, we found out that that film was made by an algorithm and it was <laughs> yeah. like, so do you know okay i'll give point. you there was a lady that wrote this movie and i'll give you three guesses as to what her this is the first movie she's ever written Three guesses to what her actual job is. 
Uh, can we have a clue? Well, hmm, I'm going to have to think about like a clue that's not too over the top, that's not too uh, obvious. Um, uh, she writes algorithms for Netflix? No. The, <laughs> the... <laughs> All right, fine. She shares a career with one of the characters in the movies. She a baker? No. A writer. She's an author. She's an author. Yeah. So oh, okay. she's like, yes. So she's, I, I, her name is uh, Ali something. I've got her name here. I've lost it. Um, bum, 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 bum. Hold. Ali Carter. Not to be confused by the twice world championship runner-up snooker player, Ali Carter. <laughs> Um, of, of course, of course. Uh, she is, yeah, she's a New York Times best-selling author, and she writes young adult no- novels and romance novels. Uh, and it's just so. Like, this is her. This is her cry for help. This is this is her fantasy. This is it. And there's there's like she writes books about princesses being like trapped or women meeting princes and etc etc amongst other things like i said but yes this is very much her kind of fantasy on film wow like was this originally a book rory do you know that not not that i could see Uh, i don't think she had just thought this this isn't good enough that this is too good to be written down as a book we need to get it to the big screen right now yeah exactly yeah the character of Mute Gay Gus is something that she couldn't just keep <laughs> confined to a paperback. They, I know this is not an important detail, but like it's funny what you notice in films when you're kind of not or sort of paying attention for the wrong reasons. There's an amazing scene where she sneaks up. She's looking for an old, um, like her father or grandfather i think had like worked in that house and he carved started carving his name on the back of a door or something and she's trying to find (laughs) find this thing and sneaks up into a bit of the castle she's not supposed to be in i don't know if you remember this but like he comes looking for her and she hides but it's possibly the worst bit of hiding i've ever seen in a film in my life where like her (laughs) hand is like clearly wrapped around the entire door facing him (laughs) as he's looking at it and it's going like closed and then he still still doesn't like see she's there it's like i don't know it just really hurt me that bit i was like this is so painful chris what did you like about it i i look i i didn't like it i thought it was terrible but at the same time i think oh so you're backing off now all of a sudden some yeah sometimes with films when you know they're like i i feel like there's some bad films that have no redeeming qualities whatsoever and then there's some that if you just accept that it's bad and you're you're like you're you're my um expectation level for it was so low that anything mildly redeeming in it i was like oh yeah okay that's okay like i quite like the dog in it i thought carrie always was good i thought the banter that i always had with his assistant was good um and i thought there were a couple of you know decent heartwarming moments in it with the knitting group and things like that yeah uh and i actually this is going to sound a bit cheesy but i like the fact that the that scotland was kind of the hero of um of the film it's actually a pretty good tourist advert for scotland um yeah so I yeah, was I joking about obviously they could have filmed it anywhere in in the world and just claimed it was Scotland, 
But the fact that they went there and made it look really quite lovely um, and clearly went in the middle of summer when it was, you know, perfect weather and stuff like that. And uh, I thought, I thought they, I mean, the vi- I don't know if the village was real that they were at or if that was just kind of a glorified set, but I thought yeah. it was quite effective uh, for, for a, a nice little advert for Scotland. But Brooke Shields was almost single-handedly tanked the film on her own for me. <laughs> the chemistry she, between them was pretty rubs. She is she is just dreadful. Uh, she is absolutely dreadful. There, there is... So Netflix even, I think, accepted the fact that they, um, that they were just churning this guff out because um, they tweeted... It was like a couple of months ago. No, it would have been like November. It was like, A Castle for Christmas comes to Netflix 26th of November, including Brooke Shields and the most accurate dis- dis- depiction of Scotland ever seen on screen. <laughs> Honest. <laughs> and so I-, I have to give it to Netflix. They're just like, yeah, like we know what we're doing. Don't worry about it. Just have fun. And it's fair play to them. Yeah. Uh, the... Um, I'm trying to find what th- it got rated on Netflix. Like, has it got a positive rating? I mean, the reviews, I, I don't know about the rating, probably pretty good because people just love it. It's like horror movies. You know, when Halloween comes around, people watch any old horror movie, yeah. myself included. When Christmas comes around, people just watch any new Christmas movie. And so people, a lot of people love it. A lot of people seeing like seeing Scotland uh, on film. A lot of Scottish people have hated it just because, one, the accents are bonkers. Two, (laughs) there's no Scottish people in it. Three, it's just overly cheesy, obviously, with, like, the tartan and the the salt iron, the cab and stuff like that. But it's like us. Like, a lot of people love the fact that any movie that has a word Dauber and Walloper in it is just spectacular. (laughs) That was terrific. Yeah, I'm yeah. impressed by that bit of it. I was not expecting it to have those words in a Netflix Christmas movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good uh, good advertisement for Scottish slang right there. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, You know, it was... I think... Sorry, did we say this off off while we weren't filming? That, that she has this whole scene where she calls... When she asks what a, a dauber and a walloper and an Egypt is and then he explains that they're all different versions of idiot and then right at the very end she goes I love you you dauber (laughs) (laughs) it's so bad it's amazing Uh, and yeah look uh, shock shock and surprise everybody they end up together at the end and she moves into the castle and Blah 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 blah. Um, I I don't know. Look, it's fun. It's very very silly. Like I said, I like bad movies. It took me a while to watch this. I watched it in parts while I was like <laughs> cooking dinner, and I took a break, and I was doing the dishes, and I was watching it then, and then I took a break, and then I was like, you know, you know, sorting out the root wrap I had in one of my my. Uh, plants while watching this and I was like god it's still going it's still going <laughs> you could definitely but, watch uh, it in the background of doing other things for sure yes you uh, do not don't know if it needs to take up. your whole attention 
um but it was it was it was fun enough it was good enough um yeah any any other thoughts on it or even just christmas just messages can't, can't for wait the readers? For, can't wait for next year for the next one that's all i'm gonna say yeah what are your thoughts on the sequel <laughs> well first off before we get to sequels stick to the stick through the credits because there is an absolutely yes. bonkers credit scene with drew barrymore who oh, it's comes mad. back and i could and i couldn't tell if it was supposed to be part of the film or if it was part of outtakes because <laughs> neither could i it's everything just seemed weird out of character and it was all over the place like she goes back on the drew barrymore show as a kind of redemption and selling her next book funnily enough which is about her life in scotland it's nuts i i i, I was i was I was visibly distressed after watching that bit. <laughs> I got the impression it's like it's like they're trying to play like it's like they're trying to act bloopers out in a way. So it's but they haven't quite got it right and so you can't really it's just very surreal. I didn't yeah, I was similar. I didn't really un, quite understand what was going on. And it's not very they're not very funny and like it's just all I don't know. It's very do odd. Do you think moment. do you think Drew Barrymore knows that she was in this film? <laughs> Maybe she thought it was just a tell her. Because maybe she hasn't, she also has forgotten who Brooke Shields is. I mean, maybe. They told her that she was this writer. And Drew Barrymore, that's just Drew Barrymore doing her thing. And she got a check in the post from Netflix and was like, all right, I guess I was in a Netflix movie at some point. And she doesn't know she was in this film. I mean, maybe. She might think it's residuals from Santa Clarita Diet or whatever that show's called. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that also part of this metaverse? <laughs> yeah, same universe. Uh, well, yeah. Zombie. So wait, the the Drew Barrymore host of that TV show is a zombie as well? Yeah. No, I don't know. They're all That's what know. she is. In yes. the clan, Santa Clara diet or whatever it is, she's a zombie. So same okay. universe. Wow. The net, are we call, what are we calling it? The net the netaverse? The NCU. The Netflix yeah. cinematic universe. Yep. Christmas universe, ne- Netflix, the, Christmas the, universe, the Nick U, <laughs> <laughs> but with a NX. Uh, um, yeah, well, I would say <laughs> as far as recommendations go uh, for the readers, um, if you're looking for some Christmas inspiration and you actually want to watch a decent Christmas film that has some Scottish connection, I said this last year: go watch Arthur Christmas starring our very own James McElvoy. Uh, it's not technically a Scottish film. It's a British film, but it's got a couple of big uh, Scottish characters in it, uh, him being the main character. And yeah, if you should watch that. Watch this one as well, because it is ludicrous, and it's very, very silly. And, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's my, that's my Christmas tip to folks. Uh, I just realized we haven't done Christmas presents. You realize that? We were yeah. just about to wrap thought, up already. Yeah, I thought you were. Christmas. I thought that's where you were getting to. You were just. I know. End. I just realized it, but I was. Almost <laughs> this is like when you were like, "Yeah, Nanny Lennox. She had some other albums too." Okay, <laughs> this will do. Bye. <laughs> this will do nicely. <laughs> the end. <laughs> All right, Johnny. Last last thoughts on on Castle for Christmas. Pretty much the greatest movie I've ever seen, and I would highly would recommend you, it. <laughs> you would recommend it. Okay, good. I think people. You I, know, if you want, a, if you want a just. You know, you're wrapping, you said it earlier, like if you're wrapping your presents to, you know, washing the dishes, put it on the background. Like there's no harm coming from it and it might make you want to visit Scotland. So if that's the case, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to, it's not going to kill you. And I just, I kind of <laughs> want people to see that last 
the closing scene, the credit scene, because it is bonkers. It's and, and send us your thoughts. If anyone's got any thoughts on how that how that film came about, we'd love to hear them. Yeah, I agree. And look, I, 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 I like I said at the beginning, I love terrible movies, and this one hits a sweet spot of like silly bads, just fascinating entertaining enough it moves along in a good pace that it's not boring at no point is it really that boring it's just like not like not interesting which is slightly different um <laughs> it treads that fine line yeah of never really being does. interesting but never being boring yes it does <laughs> well with that like so, this podcast very much like this yeah I would say get a couple of drinks have a eggnog and whiskey and and sit around with the family and take the piss out of this very silly film Um, and enjoy the Scottish scenery Um, okay so it is Christmas time and like we've done last Christmas we're going to do Christmas presents and uh, you know I put a lot of time and thought and effort and made sure why like i said we're, we're not always why? here uh with each other well the thing is like we the three of us can't be together and i feel um so strongly about the two of you and how much you know i i love this podcast and i love the two of you and i love being around you so i just want to make sure that like you have uh, a part of me in a way and, and like <laughs> you understand how much i care about the two of you so i make the effort and i think about what i'm going to give you and i make sure that you have it in time for the recording so um i just <laughs> you, you guys have got the presents that i gave you right yeah, yeah, I've got them here. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. You're a good friend. It's cool. Merry so, Christmas. so the thing I'm most impressed with, Rory, is your wrapping. That's what's <laughs> really it's very impressive. over the edge this year. Like, yeah. It's what's on the inside that counts, Johnny. Yeah. You know, yeah. stop being so superficial. Um, I love it. So, I just was laughing because it's got my writing on the outside of this bag <laughs> of something I gave you in once before. <laughs> also, reduce, reuse, recycle. Yeah, great. You know. Yeah, did you not you learn anything from COP26? <laughs> yeah, Johnny, come on. Come on, man. Keep up. So what 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 is like how um the thing I, I just don't I don't have any presence <laughs> around me from you guys, so I'm just wondering um, <laughs> This'll do, yeah, lads. This'll uh, do nicely. See you next is week. Is there a courier on his way or Yeah, there technically yes, there is a courier <laughs> on his way. Um I also put loads of thought and effort into the present I got you guys. And by thought and effort, I got an email from wweshop.com <laughs> saying that I could get wine that was Undertaker Cabernet Sauvignon. And I immediately I immediately thought of my two pals thinking, they both like Cabernet Sauvignon. They both like The Undertaker. They both You're like right. presents. You're- what better gift to get them this year? And look, I ordered it ages ago. All right. <laughs> But because of, I can only assume it's made in like a Chinese vineyard or something. It's trapped no. in a container ship somewhere in uh, in the Pacific Ocean. I'm sure it's just like the incredibly high demand for all the wine collectors out there yeah. for the limited edition Undertaker Cabernet. So oh, so it's, it's only going to get better it, with age, right? Just you know, let it sit yes. on that ship for a while, and you know, yes. it's going to be which good. is ironic because the Undertaker doesn't age <laughs> he's he is got the, to be like 87 at this point he is the dead man um 
Yeah, so I, I just love the fact that The Undertaker Cabernet, it's Cabernet Sauvignon. I just, I don't know why it's such an elaborate, <laughs> like, why did they choose that wine specifically? Yeah, I, okay, okay. If I was going to make The Undertaker wine, I'd probably go for a Merlot. That's what I would go with. Pinot Noir. Noir is, you know, Ooh, he's black, you know. You're right, like, yeah. Yeah. Dark and brooding and all that type of stuff. Um, um, but I'm no, excited for when it arrives. I get it. Yeah. Undertaker hey. is a mouthful, and so is Carbonet Sauvignon. So that's like <laughs> twenty-five syllables. I don't know. Got it. Okay, so Amazing. cool. So you guys have got that. You're not opened them yet, but you got the presents that I gave you, Chris. You've been scuppered by uh, delivery delays. Understand it, but you did put the effort in. You did order ahead of time, Johnny. So I've. <laughs> I've bought a present on behalf of... I have a present, Rory, which might amaze you given that when we spoke yesterday, I didn't have one. Um, I think sometimes you've got to listen... You know, sometimes you've got to look back at the things that we value in this podcast. I think one of the things we value the most is the long-running joke, right? Okay. And so I've bought, I've bought something kind of on our behalf that I think right. can last, we'll care about, we'll look after... And so I think the easiest way is, it, is maybe... Is it a dog? Is it a wet scabby dog? It's a wet scabby dog. I'm not committing to that. I've bought, I'm actually in your house right now with the dog. Uh, here I am. Oh, no. I don't need I it. Think I think the best this. way to show you what we've got is I might present my whole screen. Is that okay? Sure. Okay. Um, this is intriguing. Okay, you can see... Can see my screen. Probably see yourself. Yep. So this down here is representative of what we have got. So I'm going to just bring it up slowly. Okay. Can you read that? Oh, <laughs> this is pretty solid. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what oh, Johnny is bringing okay. up right now. Do you want okay. to explain it or? Yeah. yeah. So for the, for the reader's benefits, <laughs> this sheet of paper on my screen says certificate of adoption. This will do nicely as an official adoptive parent of Brutus. An imperiled West Indian manatee from Blue Springs <laughs> yeah. State Park. <laughs> Woo! Fantastic. Brutus. So yeah, Brutus. Oh my God, Brutus looks so. He looks so depressed. <laughs> Look how sad he is. That's because he didn't know he was being adopted at that time. Jimmy Buffett is the co-chairman. <laughs> I mean, this is a real charity. I'll be amazed. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is very good. So it's a West Indian manatee. Were there no West Scottish manatees available? There, there was not, unfortunately. Would you like to hear about oh, okay. um, Brutus? I basically picked the best name, and I think I thought Brutus was pretty yeah. good. Brutus is a good it's name. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it's very reflective of their warrior um, ancestry, right? And the yeah, the background of being, you know, soldiers. Do you, do you want? To, I want to tell you about him. I want to tell you about Brutus. Okay, let's find out about Brutus. So, savethemanatee.org says, once, once you see Brutus, you aren't likely to forget him. He is what you would call one big dude, topping out in nearly <laughs> £1,900 the last time he was weighed. Oh my god. One of the largest manatees at Blue Spring, Brutus has been a winter visitor to the park since 1970 when he was first identified. I mean... What? What? Isn't that amazing? How old do manatees live <laughs> for? I have no idea. He's During actually, the winter season, he's Brutus got, regularly... He's got one year left, Rory. <laughs> <laughs> he might, he might, he might well do. retirement. Um, we're going to get a lovely photo of him. We're going. I'm going to send Rory your because you're in charge of everything. You're receiving the actual certificate in the post. Okay. 
there's going to be a great calendar that comes with it. <laughs> How much money do we have to pay a month, Johnny? How much have you signed us up to pay? It's okay. It's on the it's on the corporate card. Don't worry about it. Manatees live between fifty and sixty years in their natural habitat. <laughs> wow. So, well, yeah. good thing Brutus isn't in his natural habitat. He's in a Margaritaville right now. He's in a <laughs> giant pool in a Palm Beach, Margaritaville, surrounded by Floridians. <laughs> hey, Brutus, do a trick, man. <laughs> Fuck off. Oh, Brutus. <laughs> so, uh, I'm excited about us going to go visit him someday. And, um, You've done well. Yeah. You can look forward yeah. to getting the the bump in the post <laughs> i will well i'll put it all over instagram once i get it so i'm looking forward to going and seeing him and toasting him with a nice glass of undertaker cabernet sauvignon <laughs> drank out of a hollowed out uh, pineapple obviously well actually i could drink it out of what you've got me rory yeah my present which is very on theme jonathan so thank you very much for what uh you've contributed but i don't know if you can see this picture jonathan um it says babe wait it's got a manatee on it <laughs> yeah it does <laughs> it does i got no i got yeah chris describe what it is what the the present is it's a stemless wine glass uh hand etched in the usa uh so thanks thanks Made biden the skin of a manatee. thanks america um and you know, I'm opening it in real time here, folks, so bear with me. Um, oh, oh, Rory's got a note in here saying that we've also adopted a manatee called Julius Caesar. <laughs> and and there can it's be only brute. one? What does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, no, very classy. Uh, Johnny, I don't know if you can see, but it's uh, the, the wine glass has a lovely etching of a manatee. We'll that is the Brut- perfect bridge we'll of both presents. That is right. It really is. And, and none of us knew awful. what each other were getting, really. Well, actually, you knew I was getting the wine ages ago, but. Um, it should yeah. have come with a gift card as well, Chris. I believe. Yeah, save, save 10% off your next manatee. That's, that's not it. No, that's not. <laughs> there, there should have been a gift card, I believe. Uh, uh, it's safe. I've got something here that says save ten percent on our drinkware uh, with well, cups. Is that it? No, I don't remember what no. it was. Yeah, that's amazing. I remember that it's got a manatee on it. That's brilliant. I, I remember there, there being else. a gift card. I believe it was Hang from. On. I chucked Malcolm. away some paper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John, I don't even know how you're going to get into your present. It's just got a lot of, I'm opening it now. It's got a lot of um, tape on it. No, there's no there's no gift card, Rory. So I can only assume that it has perished in the mail. <laughs> Amazon's screwed up again. I don't know what to say to you, Chris. I'm so sorry. I have uh, just opened right. an, an incredible present here from our friend Rory, which I'm going to show you on the camera first. Which is a, is a candle, okay. I like an it. iron brew flavored candle, scented candle. That oh, is Johnny. My God, smell that. That is, is a, oh wow, it really potent. does smell like iron brew. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. It is. Give it, give it a lick. Give Oof. it a lick, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Don't like it. It's probably poisonous. It's probably, yeah. it, poisonous. probably sent regift it to AOC. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I can't believe this is possible. That's brilliant. It, I, I hope you noticed they've spelled iron I R O N, presumably yeah. to avoid a copyright infringement. <laughs> Definitely for a copyright, copyright infringement. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Wow, copyright. it really does actually. It's pretty. It really smells it's like pretty accurate, but it's strong though. Wow, I can't w- wait for you to light that in just your entire apartment. <laughs> Smell like iron fruit. That's yeah. amazing, man. Good present. Well, good presents all around. I think we've done very well. I like the manatee theme. I think we we've <laughs> done we done good. That's good. Yeah, it's not surprising. Yeah, yeah, terrific um, work. Excellent. Well done. Really, I'm really. I'm gonna see if I can find this real quick. Bump, 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 bump. How okay. do we get a like monthly newsletter about what Brutus gets up to? Uh, probably. I tried to sign us up for as as little as we could get from it, but we're gonna get a <laughs> a neckerchief and a calendar and a biography of Brutus. So, Fantastic. yeah, we'll what know you what he's up to. What we get. Something that he's actually worn. That's, <laughs> I don't think like, he's worn it. In first. There's like enormous. weird. There's weird websites for that. For for other stuff. So we're gonna get. We're gonna get some of Brutus's worn underpants. That's <laughs> 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 oh, <it's> so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, look. I found uh, the the gift message that was meant to be included in the wine glass, um, and it says, quote, any and all weather events are used by the global warming hoaxers to justify higher taxes to save our planet. They don't believe it. Dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign. Merry Christmas from Malcolm. Malcolm. So, oh, well, Malcolm. Yeah, I mean, just look. It's, it's Christmas, and he can't stop putting his goddamn agenda forward. Uh, I, yeah, I apologize. I shouldn't have let him write the card. Take a day off, Malcolm. For yeah. God's sake, it's Christmas. Exactly. You know? Well, that was lovely, gents. Thank you very much for those gifts. I'm excited to drink Undertaker wine and to go and visit Brutus. That'll be exciting. <laughs> I'm assuming we can just give him a cuddle. We can like ride him or something. I don't know how it works. I, I would certainly hope so. Just climb, yeah. climb into the Margaritaville tub and <laughs> just wrestle with him. No, no, no. I'm, I'm one third of Thistle do nicely. It's alive. As he, I've got as he slowly, slowly but surely pins you to the bottom of the tank. <laughs> 1800 pounds kills you (laughs) what a way to go it does say he enjoys play and often takes parts in bouts of splashing and cavorting with other manatees in the spring run so sounds like he's stay away from julius caesar stay (laughs) away from julius Julius caesar's gonna f you up oh wait a minute brutus seems to have a good time being where the action is and is also known for pursuing female manatees at blue spring oh brutus yeah (laughs) dog he loves a bit of tail. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> uh, well, look, I mean, I would just say, you know, Merry Christmas to all the readers. Um, happy holidays to those who don't celebrate Christmas, like myself. Um, <laughs> I hope everybody's having a, a great time. Um Final final messages, boys. Just a very happy happy holidays, happy Christmas to all the readers. Look forward to seeing you next year.
Yeah, Christmas is back, baby. Trump <laughs> brought it back. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy holidays. And uh, by the time you'll hear this, I will be a father of two children. So um, that's pretty wild. Um, two children. So, Congratulations. One manatee. Two children, one fat shih tzu, and one svelte manatee. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, with that, uh, tinsel do, lads. Tinsel do nicely. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you like the show, please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and write a quick review on whichever podcasting app you're using. It really does help us out. We'd love to hear from you either via our email, thistledonicelypod at gmail.com or via facebook.com slash thistledopod or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at thistledopod. You can also visit our website, thistledonicelypod.com. All original music in this podcast is written and performed by our very own Johnny Naismith. Please like and subscribe to his YouTube channel and follow him on Instagram at J-A-W underscore K-N-E-E underscore. Love, hugs, and kisses from the Thistle Do Nicely pod. It's good. We're good. We're good. We'll be fine. All around us. Children having fun. Tis the season. Tis the season. Love and understanding. understanding. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Everyone. Everyone.